I know you guys just sat down, but if you are able, would you mind standing in honor of the reading of God's Word? Our text for this morning is Hebrews chapter 13. We're going to read verse 7 and verse 17 as these verses bracket this section in Hebrews and are connected. And I think they're relevant for the life of our church and for our graduates this morning. If you want to read along in the Pew Bible, it's page 970. Six Hebrews 13, verse 7 and verse 17. The word of the Lord says, Remember your leaders who spoke the, the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Verse 17. Have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you. The very words of God, and may God bless the reading of his word, if you will pray with me as as we continue our time of worship. God, I just pray right now that you'd speak to us through your word, that we would remember your word, as it says in Hebrews, is living and active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing bone and and flesh down to the marrow, God, and and it's living and active, and you want us to respond to it and hear it, and and you want to claim more territory of our hearts today. So I pray that you would do just that as we seek to honor you and and hear your word. Bless this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I want to say congratulations to our graduates. And I pray that they would be able to look back fondly on their high school years and that they were able to accomplish the goals that they had for themselves in high school. I remember I had goals for myself in high school. Maybe you set goals for yourself in high school. I remember my freshman year of high school, I wrote them out. I still have a copy of it back back at my home in Mobile. Uh, And one of those goals was by my senior year, I wanted to be able to dunk on a 10-foot basketball goal. At the time, I was only five, I was pushing five foot eight. My dad was six five though, so I thought if I could just be as tall as my dad, I could be able to dunk. Well, I'm only, I only made it to six feet and I still haven't hit that growth spurt I was, I was waiting for. But I had this goal to dunk a basketball. And I remember at one time in high school, I was so devoted to this goal that I had a personal plyometric trainer. And basically what that means is this is a trainer who helps you with things like your vertical leap, your agility, your speed, because uh, I'm at average athletic ability naturally at best. So I needed all the help I could get if I wanted to accomplish this goal. And some of you might be able to relate to this. Some of you might have a personal trainer for your sport, uh, for your workout regimen, or you have a personal tutor for that subject in school. Many of us adults, we have, you know, a financial planner who we go to. He's a specialty. He's qualified in this particular area, and he's going to help us grow in this area of our life. So we submit areas of our life to a qualified individual in that area so that they can help us. Again, think like an accountant in your, with your taxes. For me, I had this personal trainer to help me dunk a basketball. And spoiler alert, I've never been able to dunk on a regulation goal. But right now with my little kids, I'm able to dunk on that seven-foot goal. Perfect. It's awesome. Uh, but I never uh, got to that point. But 
that trainer did help me tremendously. I went, it, the problem was not him, trust me. I went from barely being able to grab the net when I started to, by the end, I was able to grab the rim with two hands. So I was getting close. And some of you probably have similar testimonies of how submitting yourself under the specialized, qualified authority of a leader in a certain area helped you grow or helped you with a certain area of your life. And, and we do this with so many areas of our life. And the question I want us to ask as we look at these, this, these verses this morning is, is there a parallel for this kind of relationship in our spiritual life? And if so, how does God want us to participate in that kind of relationship for our benefit, for our good? I believe from the verses we just read that there is a parallel for those kind of relationships that God wants us to have for our spiritual good. And these verses also give us guidance on how God wants us to participate in that kind of relationship for our benefit. So that's what we're going to talk about this morning as we look at these verses. The big idea I want you to take away this morning, this is your first blank on your sermon handout, is I believe from these verses God wants us to follow qualified pastors following the chief pastor, Jesus Christ, For your good. God wants you to grow in your spiritual life just like I wanted to dunk. But God wants your growth in your spiritual life more than he wants anything else for you in your life. Your spiritual life is way more important than any athletic goal, than any social goal, than any academic goal, than any financial goal. Jesus himself said, what good is it? To gain the world in all these areas, but forfeit your soul. We could accomplish all our goals with all our specialized help and trainers, but without a healthy faith, without a healthy spiritual life, without a soul near to God, it's worthless. All those other things are empty in comparison. So what do we do for our faith, for our soul? What, what did I do when I wanted to drunk? I went to a qualified trainer to help me grow and I followed him. What does God want us to do in our spiritual lives? He wants us to follow Hebrews 13, 7 and 17 as part of a healthy spiritual life. Those verses are saying God wants us to go to qualified spiritual trainers to help us grow into who he wants us to be. The verses are pretty straightforward. They're imperatives. They're commands to remember your leaders, imitate them, to have confidence in them, obey them, submit to them. And it's all for your benefit. This is how God has set it up. And I, I want to start with saying, why, why am I addressing this on Senior Sunday, Graduate Sunday? I, as I talked with Pastor Chris and we prayed about what I would teach on in this message. I believe there's two reasons why this is important for us and for even our graduates as we look at it today. Number one, this relates to our focus right now in the life of our church on healthy biblical leadership in our church. Elder leadership, plurality of elder leadership is what we're praying over and talking through what would be best for our church. And these verses speak to why it is important To have healthy leadership in the church. And that's what Pastor Chris is seeking to lead us into as a church. And I think it's biblically appropriate and spiritually healthy for each of us in this congregation. Number two, why this is important to talk about, 
is we all know we live in an age that is anti-authoritarian and it's self-focused. That's the message to all of us from our culture, especially to our young people, to our graduates. The message is don't trust or follow anybody. You do for yourself. Live your truth. Follow your heart. Do it your way. Don't worry about anybody else. And what I want us to hear this morning from God's word, Hebrews 13, 7 and 17 are counter-cultural. But they are here because God wants them here for our good. This is the way he set it up for our good. Yes, many of you even as I start into a message like this with these verses, yes, authority has often been abused. And unfortunately, it has often been abused in the church. Many of you probably have have stories, unfortunately. But we can't just throw out these verses because of those terrible experiences. We can't throw out the the baby with the bathwater, so to speak. Following faithful leaders, following faithful shepherds and pastors in the local church is what God wants for us, for our good. Yes, we should be wise. Yes, we should be discerning. But we need to heed these texts. And when we follow good authority, this is what God says about what it's like to follow good authority. 2 Samuel 23, verses 3 and 4. These are the last words of King David. He says, The God of Israel has spoken. The rock of Israel has said to me, When one rules justly over men. When there's a good leader, when you're following healthy leadership, this is what it's like. When you're following a ruler ruling in the fear of God. He dawns on them like the morning light, like the sun shining forth on a cloudless morning, like rain that makes grass to sprout from the earth. So we should not go with our culture in this area and be anti any authority. No, if we follow healthy authority, it's for our good. It's like the sun shining forth on a cloudless morning. So let's heed this text this morning. God has these verses here for our good. And we're going to briefly unpack the who of these verses. The why of these verses and the how of these verses. So let's start with the who. Who is God talking about in these verses? Your leaders, the leaders he's referring to. I believe he's referring to qualified pastors in the local church. Qualified pastors in the local church. Hebrews 13, 7. Remember your leaders. Hebrews 13, 17. Have confidence in or other English translations say obey your leaders. Who are these leaders that the text is referring to? The churches and churches hearing this letter would know it's the leaders in their local church where they're hearing this letter read. Biblically, again, who, these leaders, who would they be? Who teach them the word, it says in verse 7. They're teaching them the word. This would be the second Timothy and Titus qualified pastors, elders. We've reviewed those verses in previous weeks as we've gone through this leader, this uh, leader uh, sermon series. And we talk about those qualifications in Second Timothy and Titus. A lot of times we look for leaders to have the right qualifications in our business or in our home or in different areas. And the qualifications for leadership or the church are outlined in those texts in God's word. And these are the leaders, I believe, which the text is referring to in Hebrews 13. That's the who for them. That's the leaders for them that they're to follow. And I believe that's who the should, that's the who for us. That's who, who the who should be. And notice it's plural. 
Obey your leaders. Have confidence in your leaders. Remember your leaders with an S. And again, it's implying a plurality, as we've been talking about, a plurality of spiritual leadership in the congregation. And this, again, seems to be the best practice biblically. And again, we see this paralleled in every other area in our life. Just like it's important to have qualified coaches in a sport or a qualified trainer or accountant. In our spiritual life, we need qualified leaders we are following in the local church for the good of our faith. And it it might seem obvious, but the takeaway for us, the verses say, remember your leaders. Have confidence and obey your leaders. In your spiritual life, do you have someone that you can confidently say, That's my leader. Someone you can confidently call your leaders because you have committed to follow them. Our pastor here at Meadowbrook, who I believe is trying to faithfully lead us. And this is for students as they graduate college and move on to what's next. Are they, I I pray that more than they prioritize what major they're going to have, more than what fraternity or sorority they're going to pledge to, are they going to find a healthy church with healthy pastors and leaders? And they're going to say, I'm going to commit to follow him, them. They're going to be my leaders. That's my heart. That's my prayer for them. Church, if you leave this congregation and move for whatever reason, your top priority, more than what neighborhood you're going to live in, finding a healthy church with healthy leaders that you're going to say, I'm going to commit to follow them. Your leaders. We all need faithful pastors, leaders in our life. This is the way God has set set it up. And I believe this is what the text is, is calling each of us to in our faith. That's the who. Now the why. Why should we do this? Why should we do this? The text at the end of verse 17, it's, it's for our good, for the good of your soul. Notice in verse 17, and this is directed to leaders in the church. Leaders like Pastor Clarice, leaders like myself, who uh, J.T. Hart refers to us as preacher creatures. Um, so this is to us, and, and it's, a, it's a reminder of the weight of our calling. Specifically, as a pastor, as an elder, we watch over people, people's souls. Some tech, some of the translations include watching over people's souls. And we're to do so with joy, with joy for their benefit. Because the text says we will give an account. We will give an account. James 3 even says, not many of you, brothers, should become teachers because... There's a stricter judgment. That text makes me tremble as I read it and think about even what I'm doing right now. And I know for for Pastor Chris, even going through this sermon, it's it's strange in some ways because you're talking about what yourself you're doing and you're calling. But again, I know he and we as a church leader, we feel the weight of this calling. And I believe Pastor Chris, he wants to yield this calling well in the life of our, our church. And that's why I think he's seeking to lead us to follow what I believe is biblically faithful and spiritually healthy for each of us as a church. When this burden is shared by him and by a plurality of elders, shepherds, pastors in the congregation to watch over our souls for our good with joy. 
And again, how does he do this? How do leaders in the church do this? Verse 7 says, you're to follow their example. They're to set an example. And we'll talk about that a little more in a second. But the main way, verse 7, what does it say the pastors, that the, the leaders are doing? They are speaking the word of God to you. This is the main way. You're, the benefit comes to you. Verse 17 says, if you follow a faithful leader in the church who leads you with joy, it is to your advantage, to your benefit. This will make you spiritually stronger. Faithful Christian shepherds are gospel shepherds. Pastor Chris, others, if we're to be faithful, we're not here to give you 12 steps to your best life now. Or to give you a how-to manual to succeed in life. Those have their place. But as leaders, as shepherds in the local church, we're here to announce good news. The gospel of what God has done for you, for me in Christ. Yes, this passage specifically is giving you commands. It's giving you instructions. It's giving you imperative. But this is coming at the end of a letter that many believe to really be A sermon, an early Christian sermon given to a Christian congregation. And even as this sermon, the book of Hebrews, was documented as a letter and it was circulated in the Christian circles at the time, it would have been read, the whole letter would have been read to the congregations. I'm not going to read all of the book of Hebrews to you this morning, but that's kind of what they did. That We read the book of Ephesians a few months ago in our service. That's what the early church did. So they wouldn't have just gotten Hebrews 13. They would have got Hebrews 1 as well. And Hebrews 1 tells us about our amazing Savior, Jesus Christ, who it says in verse 3, He is the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of His nature, and He upholds the universe by the word of His power, and He has made purification for our sins. And after making purification for your sins and for my sins, He sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. This is the good news that the book of Hebrews is all about. This is the good news for each of us in our lives today. The good news, I preached on Hebrews 1 at the beginning of January. Uh, this text and the good news of Hebrews 1.3 that's saying, done, what Christ has done is greater than what you and I have to do. It's saying that a reminder that our worth, your worth, my worth is not in what we do, but it's in what Christ has done for us. Thank God for that. That's good news because how are, how are your New Year's resolutions going, by the way? <laughs> Even if they are going well, I pray they're going well. But if they're not, there are probably other areas of your life that you are struggling to hold together. But the good news is, you don't have to hold it together. There's someone, this, this, this letter speaks of, who, who's holding it together. Christ is enough for you. Whatever you're going through this morning, Christ is enough for you. I want to read a quote by John Bunyan, and he quotes from Hebrews 13 in this text. He's a famous theologian, but John Bunyan, he talks about this experience he had one day. As he was passing into the field, suddenly this sentence fell upon his soul. My righteousness is in heaven. 
my righteousness is in heaven. And I thought that I could see Jesus Christ at God's right hand. Yes, there indeed was my righteousness. So that wherever I was or whatever I was doing, God could not say about me that I did not have righteousness. For it was standing there before him in Jesus Christ. I also saw it was not my good feelings that made my righteousness better. And that my bad feelings did not make my righteousness worse. For my righteousness, Christian, this morning, your righteousness is Jesus Christ himself. Hebrews 13.8 says, Jesus Christ, who is the same yesterday and today and forever. This is the message of Hebrews. We do not have a human high priest anymore who has to offer sacrifices continually, spilling blood on the altar in order to appease God. No, you and I, Christian, this morning have the once for all sacrifice of Jesus Christ in our place who lived, who died, who rose for you so that now whatever you're going through in life, you are secure in your Savior, in Jesus in your place. This is the good news of Hebrew. And this is the good news that we as leaders in the church are called to announce for your good. To be a consistent reminder week in and week out as we gather for Christian worship. Because we all know, and this is the message of Hebrews, we have this superior high priest in Jesus Christ. And we need to hold fast to him. We need to stand firm in him in a world that is pulling us in every other direction. We all feel the pull. You're going to feel the pull this afternoon. You're going to feel the pull tomorrow morning. You're going to feel the pull on Wednesday to drift away from Jesus Christ, to go to somewhere else, to find your satisfaction, to find your worthiness, to find your enoughness. And the message of Hebrews, the message that the Christian leaders in the church are called to announce is, Christian, hold on to Jesus Christ because he's holding on to you even on your worst days. And He loves you with a never-ending love. And He is even now interceding for you at the right hand of God on high. This is good news. And this good news is for your benefit. And it's of a benefit for you to follow leaders who are going to continually announce this good news to you. And lead you to rivers of living water in Jesus Christ. Who is your righteousness. Who is your worthiness. That is the why, Christian. How are you to follow? How are you to obey these commands in Hebrews 13? Closely and eagerly. Follow your leaders closely and eagerly. I get that from verse 17, that eagerly. Again, you want these benefits. This is for your good to follow these leaders in the local church. And again, the NIV, it says, have confidence in this this idea of Surrendering yourself to them in a way of, I'm going to follow them. I'm going to yield myself to them because I, I can trust them and they're going to lead me to Jesus Christ. Believe the best about your leaders. That's what is going to help you get the most benefit as you follow them in the local church. Follow them eagerly. Follow them closely. Verse 7 says, carefully observe the, the outcome of their lives. Consider their lives. Watch them. Imitate their faith. This idea of closely. You, it's this idea of being able to observe, being able to watch them from a, from a close distance. Know them. I think that's implied in this verse, this idea of intimacy, a level of intimacy there with your leaders. Many Christians, I, I believe, miss this today. 
There's a consumer mentality often, especially in, in American churches. And, and I think the counter is, do you, do you have a pastor or leader in your life who really knows you? Who knows you? Pastor equals shepherd. Do you have a shepherd who you're close to as, as, a, as his sheep? I had a friend who goes to a bigger church, and I, I won't call out any, any church or any pastor out by name, but he said, oh yeah, Pastor Joe was saying the other day, and uh, my friend talking to him said, and, and he's talking about Pastor Joe like they have this relationship, and my friend asked him, have you ever even met Pastor Joe? To which my friend said, no. He then asked them, because again, this is a church that, that does video preaching, have you even been in the same room to hear Pastor Joe speak in person? To which the answer was no. And again, now there are a lot of weeds we could get into with this. This is not a make it or break it issue for Christians. This person in Joe's church, I believe they're a Christian faithfully following the Lord. But the question is, based on these verses, what is most healthy spiritually for him? What is best for him, for you? Is he able to carefully observe and consider and imitate the faith of his leader and follow this leader in a God-honoring Hebrews 13 way? In some senses, probably yes. But he is so many layers removed from his shepherd as a sheep that I don't think that it's the most healthy to have that sort of setup. And that's, again, why Pastor Chris wants us to have even more. He has a heavy weight. He wants to share this weight of shepherding our congregation as his flock with a plurality of qualified biblical leaders and elders. And I would just say, as we talk about these issues, if you have more questions, I invite you to participate in the discussions we're going to be having as a church tonight, May 15th here, and then as well on May 25th. Let's participate. Let's go all in with this as a church to seek what's best, what's most healthy for us as a congregation so that we can get closer and closer to Jesus, each of us, and live out healthy spiritual lives. As we close today, here's a big thing I want you to remember from these verses. The health of your faith is tied to how and who you follow. The health of your faith is tied to how and who you follow. I believe how we follow under shepherds in the local church is a reflection of how we follow the chief, the chief shepherd, the chief pastor, Jesus Christ. The church is his body. And again, I believe from verses like Hebrews 13, 7 and 17, this is how God has set it up. It may seem strange to you. I mean, bring it back down for me. I, I wanted that personal trainer to be able to dunk, to be able to be good in basketball. How cool would it have been if Michael Jordan knocked on my door and said, Hey, Austin, I'm going to train you in basketball. That would have been awesome, right? But what if instead some random guy knocked on my door and said, Hey, I've been sent here I've been called by Michael Jordan to train you in basketball. I'd be like, man, it'd be a lot cooler to have Michael Jordan. (laughs) But I guess let's go for it. But I want you to play that out with me a little bit. What if I'd have said, you know what? You're not actually Michael Jordan. I think I'm just going to wait around and follow just Michael Jordan. And I tried to do it all on my own. Even though this guy came to my door and said, hey, I was sent by Michael Jordan. I was called by Michael Jordan to, to, to lead and shepherd you in basketball. 
And if I went on my own and then years down the road, Michael Jordan, I actually met him. And he said, hey, did you, I sent somebody to train you, to shepherd you. Did you follow him? And what if I said, no. That would be a sobering reality. And what I think, again, from these churches is it may not be neat and messy. It may not be as cool as having Jesus himself shepherding us in the life of our, our, our church. But he has called. He set it up this way. He sent qualified shepherds and pastors that we are to follow as we follow him. So, Christian, this morning, follow qualified pastors following the chief pastor for your spiritual good. Let's pray. Jesus, I, I know, even for, for myself, this, this message, it's not complicated, but it's hard. Because we all have pride and sin in our hearts that, that goes further than we, we would often be willing to admit. We don't want to follow We want to go our own way. We don't follow you as we should. God, I pray for my own forgiveness. I confess on behalf of even even my church family, help us. Help us follow well for our good. Help us follow together in, in the local church for our good, arm in arm so that we might grow nearer to you, our our great Savior, our great high priest, who is enough for us, who is our righteousness. Help us grow closer to you, we pray. Bless our church family. Bless our graduates. Bless the rest of our Sunday. Thank you for this time we had together in worship. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.